Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller and that's right, it's a very special edition of the show for reasons we will get into in just a little bit. Uh, if you don't know, we do do two, it's kind of two different episodes of the podcast. One is me sat in front of my computer over at youtube.com forward slash the report rules talking about wrestling and the other I like to try and give back to my patrons that do support me at patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316 because that is how I do all of this stuff, how I run the gig. Without it, I'd have to drastically rethink what I do. So I wanted to come all the way to, to throw something back and that's why today for the first time i got my man hayden on the podcast all the way from america hayden how you doing today good man i'm doing really well awesome i'm glad to hear like, as i said to you before we started uh, talking here thank you very much for starters for uh, you know just being a nice guy around especially given the conversation we've just had but we're going to do something a little bit weird and i will say this no spoilers we're going to get into wrestling in a second but as you know given the the time and just everything coming together. I know that Hayden has seen the new Avengers film. I have seen the new Avengers film. I know that loads of people that listen to this podcast are going to see the Avengers film because I get people tweeting about me, uh, tweeting about it to me all the time, asking my thoughts on it and stuff. So it's just not going to be a massive chat. Just a quick, and again, no spoilers. We won't spoil anything. But dude, before I kind of give you my overall opinion, I'd be intrigued to see what yours is. I thought it was a terrific, terrific film. I thought they did a really good job of not spoiling anything in the trailers. I watched the first trailer and then I stopped. I, I literally tried to hide from everything because I kind of figured I'd have the, a rough idea of what would be going on. But literally, like the trailer showed just the first, like it didn't give me any clue as to what really was happening. So yeah. I was I was thoroughly entertained the entire time. I was smart. I didn't have anything to drink. And I do recommend if you're going to go see it that you don't have anything to drink because <laughs> the last act you will not want to get up. After about the hour oh, yeah. and forty-five minute point, part or point, you just have to suck it up because <laughs> you're not going to be able to get out. I was, I was thoroughly entertained. I watch uh, a dude on YouTube named Jeremy Johns who does video reviews, and he for his thing it was spot on with me. What he said is, if Kevin Feige walked up today and said that's the last movie that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I would be okay with it. Yeah, because honestly, dude. I'm like, I, All right, I got everything I wanted. It was fun. It was entertaining. I was jumping up and down. I was excited. I'm good. No, dude, I, I felt the same way, man. Like it was just uh, again a, a great way, given that we had like you know over a decade's worth of films to tie in and so many characters to you know complete a story arc at least in terms of before whatever they do in phase four. I was absolutely amazed about what they were able to pull off. And outside of all of that, just as a just as a movie, it's so much fun and it's so entertaining. And yeah, by the end of it, you it, 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 honestly, it's just a round of applause all round. It's rare that you kind of see overwhelming love for a movie and then go and watch it yourself, but still enjoy it uh, at, the, at the level that, you know, some people say you should. But I, and I've seen a few people hating on it. I just don't know what you'd expect if you were those people. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I, uh, I had a friend that said it was, uh, he went and saw it opening night. I saw it Friday. So the day after, and he said it's the best movie he's ever seen. So I thought, well, that's putting it up on a pedestal for me. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and exactly. I saw it, and I went like, okay, I get it. I, I mean, I was, I have been a huge uh, Captain America fanboy since I was a little kid. Like, I collected the comic books. Um, literally, like, I've, I, I know everything about him since I was four years old, right? And I feel like Chris Evans has done for Captain America what Endgame did for Avengers and that he did everything I wanted him to do. And that's the way I feel about Endgame. It did everything that I wanted it to do. Your, your favorite characters got their, just their cool moments and it had heart and it had all these kind of underlayers. And the pacing for a three-hour movie was remarkable to me. I didn't look at my watch one time. No, no, it didn't feel like three hours at all. Like it, abs- it absolutely zooms by. Genuinely, I don't think you could have asked them to do more... And I'm not saying it's a perfect movie. I'm sure people have some people have criticisms, but I don't think you could have asked them to do any more than they than they did. Like it's 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 a terrific ride. It's a terrific movie. Just yeah, honestly, brilliant. But five five stars all around. Five stars all around. Brilliant. Just just fun to watch. As I said, it, it had heart. It had real moments that kind of jerked on you a little bit. You're going, <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, dude, I tell you, and man, then- the end of that. I was surprised I could get so emotional over a comic book movie genuinely it, it, it shocked me 
Yep, I think that's one of the things that you can uh, just talk about why the MCU has been so well received is that it went really slow. Right. I mean, you learn to like these characters, to like the experiences they were in. And then, boom, you you felt like you had a real connection to them. Yeah. And, and we'll use that note. That's a great way to segue into professional wrestling, uh, <laughs> <laughs> because, dude, long, what we're talking about here is long term storytelling. That a long time storytelling. That is what we're talking about. Like, you know, ensuring that, you know, we're, we're having that argument, having that argument about you know as wwe kind of shot themselves in the foot with these kind of quick angles they do dude let's start there i mean let's start there tell me how you got into wrestling tell me your wrestling story and fill me in because i know there's you know there's plenty of guys out there they've been watching wrestling sort of six months to a year they don't care you know they don't care that you know wrestling kind of shoots along at this at this furious pace they just enjoy it for what it is it doesn't mean they're necessarily as emotionally invested as some people were back in the day but dude yeah give me give me the 411 how did you fall in love with it and talk to me about long-term storytelling well, uh, for me, I think most people that are like either 10 years older or younger than me, if you're about 30 to 50 right now and you like things like sports and you like movies and you like video games, you were probably into wrestling in the 90s because everybody was into wrestling. The Monday Night Wars between W. I was a real WCW guy. I liked WWF, but I was hardcore WCW. Um, and I think what, uh, what's kind of unique is I took a really long break from wrestling. In about 2000, I was playing uh, college hockey. I was trying to trying to move on a, of, of a career that way, and I was tired. Well, you know how the how WCW kind of ended, right? I mean, for oh, yeah, years course, yeah. it just got oh, well, not not years probably, but you had 96, 97, and then 98, which were arguably some of the best years ever, right? Because um, when I grew up, I used to watch AWA and that kind of stuff, and. I, I was just I was blown away by the end of the '90s, and I, I took a, a break from uh, from wrestling overall. And for about, geez, I almost came back in 2014 uh, because, as I said, I was a big WCW guy, and Sting Steve Borden is one of my heroes. Right? I've always loved. I, I met him once when they were on their way to uh, to Sturgis up in Cody, Wyoming, and he was just such a class act, such a decent guy. Blew me away. And so I heard that he was coming to WWE, and I thought, oh, that's amazing. It's been like 15 years. And then he lost at WrestleMania, and then lost the next time, and then got hurt. And I thought, well, never mind. I won't be back then. Okay. All right. And uh, so I didn't – I wasn't really interested for a really, really long time, which is why um, I came back a little bit last year. And – because when I kind of got back into it, I threw myself into it. I watched you. I watched everybody at Woke, Woke Culture. What culture? Jeez. I uh, watched like Brian and Vinny. And oh, then, man. Uh, I love those Dave, two, man. They're great. Dave, Dave Meltzer and that kind of stuff. And I watched all those podcasts because I kind of tend to throw myself into stuff. And what I realized right away is I don't have the baggage of 15 years with me, right? Because when WWE does something that I don't like, I figure, oh, well, okay, it's not that big a deal. It's just a one-off. But somebody who's been watching it this whole time is like, oh, well, they did this in 2012 and 2009 and 2004. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe you're allowed to be a little more cynical. Uh, but I came back last year. I had a bunch of buddies that were talking about wrestling again. And I had always kind of looked at it a little bit. And then they told me how amazing Money in the Bank was of uh, 2018. And I thought, well, I'll check it out, right? It's on YouTube. And I searched for the Money in the Bank ladder match, and then I started doing something else, and it actually brought up the women's match. And I'm coming from 2000 even, right? So I don't want to see a brawl and panties match. I don't want to see some kind of fate, you know, two-minute squash or whatever it is. So I was about to change because I wasn't really interested. And then all of a sudden, like, the first, the first entrance hit. And I think it was Becky Lynch's Celtic Invasion, right? Just that intense kind of pop that it gets. And I immediately stopped and went, oh, this isn't what I was expecting. And I watched uh, – because I'm a really big entrance guy. I don't know about you. Oh, dude. I love uh, entrances. I, I could have a whole show just of entrances, dude. I, sometimes I think, do I even need the wrestling? Maybe I don't even need I, it. I hate it when somebody just shows up in the ring when they come back from commercial. I hate that. Because I'm like, I don't care who it is. Even if it's a revival that's got kind of a relaxed entrance, you know, just kind of a chill. I want to see them all. So I saw there was her entrance, and then everybody that was in that ladder match, what, there was there was her, there was Charlotte Flair, there was Alexa Bliss, Natalia, Naomi, 
I'm going to forget somebody and I'm going to feel like a real scumbag. That's what's going to happen. That's always the way, dude. And you remember it in like two hours. Just as soon as we finish in about, in about 15 minutes, you go, oh, I can't believe it. I forgot. Yeah. And Amber Moon was in it. And like every single, and then Lana. So I think it was those eight or six or eight. But every single one of those entrances had a certain amount of power to it, right? Like an intensity that I wasn't really expecting. So I started paying attention to it, and I saw that ladder match, and that ladder match made me a fan of WWE again. And this is the women's ladder match in the 2018 uh, or 2017. I guess it would have been. Uh, yeah, it would have been. Yeah. No, I think it would have been the 2018 because Alexa Bliss won it. But whatever. It you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Because it was so good, it was so different than anything I'd seen before when it came to female wrestling. It was so good. And the, the crowd engagement was amazing. Every time Becky Lynch jumped on a ladder, like the, the, it felt like the entire arena just lifted up. It was amazing. I was blown away by that. And then I saw the second, the actual men's ladder match, which is when the one where Braun Strowman runs through the ladder. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, that was the crazy match. It, it wasn't even him doing that that got me back. But it was when they showed The Miz in the ring after he did that. And he's just staring at him. And you can like read in his mind, like, I'm going to die. I remember that, yeah. Uh, so I kind of got hooked right after that point. And, uh, but again, like, I have, I'm a real positive guy in general, and I don't have all the baggage that people have with WWE letting them down in the past. So that's kind of how I got into it again. But I was a fan for a really long time and kind of walked away from it when I went to college. But. I'm a huge fan of it right now. It's just, it's fun to watch. There were some times in early December of last year that I kind of went, ooh, I don't know about this. But because because I'm positive and because I, like I said, I just kind of came back, I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. So mm. Well, I, I do think they're in a bit of a slump in the moment when it comes to, you know, that kind of momentum and continu- continuity. I think that's just the case. So I can pretty, I can pretty see why, why you would raise your eyebrow. Two things I did want to touch upon because I find them interesting, and it's not always the way when we get people on. So just to, just to make sure, you know, I got it right. So you're a big WCW guy, and one of the reasons you kind of walk away from WWE is because of how they treated Sting, right? Yeah, well, that was – it was – kind of part of it i walked walked away from wcw when it was over because i didn't think that the merging was going to do some i didn't think it was going to be good for the product i thought that it was yeah you're right because it killed the competition of course yeah yeah. and then i didn't come back in 2014 because of yeah kind of how that was done and i mean you can say what you want about wwe but it is definitely the highest class product that's out there right like, I mean, I, I've seen some Ring of Honor stuff, and that's fun. I've seen some New Japan, which is neat to look at. Um, but when it comes to production quality, nothing really comes close to the WWE. So, but yeah, part of it was how I thought that they were treating somebody that kind of I kind of considered my hero. Mm. So. so, so in that sense, what I, I, this is a bit of a, of a loaded question because obviously you're going to have your reasons. But like I say, so many people that come on are WWE guys, right? They just are because. It's just it, it just seemed to be the way of things, especially with the Attitude Era went up and then WCW slowly went down. What was it about WCW that kind of attracted you more than WWE, or was it a location thing? Because I know you know the territorial system when that started to to sort of fracture and become one, a lot of people would stick with WCW because it, it was their territory kind of. They, they recognized the guys, they liked the style, and you know, they didn't really like New York. Or was it just that you know WCW had better wrestlers for you? Um, it was a little bit of both because, like I said, I was an AWA fan. I used to watch that Saturday mornings and that kind of that stuff. And like the early, it was either late AWA or early WCW. Like had those had. I was a big oh god, I hated the Midnight Express so much, but I used to watch them all the time with Jim Cornette. And I think that uh, I think that was part of it, like my location. And then the the rest was I, I was a huge fan of Ric Flair. I was a really big fan of Sting. So I think it was a little bit of both. Like, I mean, I, I went, walked back and forth, but when the Monday Night Wars was going on, what I really liked as a consumer was the fact that WCW was live while WWE was taped, right? Yeah. Because I, re- I remember there's that actual, in Nitro, there's that Nitro where Tony Schiavone jumps on and he tells you what happens in, on Raw. He's like, don't worry about calling oh, Raw. Yeah, this, yeah, is yeah. What happens, this is what happens. This is what happens. I was like, whoa. But I think it was just a little bit, of, a little bit of both. I had I had grown accustomed to liking the, liking the wrestlers and uh, then location. So not that I hated WWF, I didn't. I thought it was, it was just you know you had to make a choice back then. No, no I'm sorry, I'm always intrigued, dude, because 
I, I, I was always a WWE guy, but I always, you know, I, I always made... I, I always made sure to figure out what was going on in WCW. That's just what I wanted to do. Like, I mean, you know, if someone said, you know, pick a WWE or WCW segment, I picked WWE. But in the back of my mind, I was like, well, I'm definitely going to check out, you know, what World Championship Wrestling is doing. Uh, so they die. You go away. Sting gets, yeah, you know, kind of oddly treated by WWE. I, I think that's fair. And now here we are with the 2019 product. Obviously, you said, you know, the women's evolution, revolution, whatever you want to call it, ha- has suckered you back in. How, how about right now on April the 28th, whatever the hell the day is today, 2019? Ah, that's one year since my wrestling debut. Tangent. Uh, but, you know, take, taking, taking this day, because, uh, I mean, the big thing is now is a lot of people are saying that interest, we did the podcast on this early in the week, uh, you know, interest is down, not a lot more people are watching wrestling, social awareness may be up, but in terms of physical fans sitting down to watch, it made, it's, made, it's not necessarily as good as it once was. You actually have quite good perspective because you've seen it, you know, WCW versus WWE, where it was a dog-eat-dog world, which obviously it does help creativity and it does help business. And you've also had the foresight to go, I don't like what we're doing, I'm going to step away, which I think is healthy, because like I say, it gives you perspective. What do you want to start seeing them do now? Because this is no disrespect to someone that's only been watching a year, and I mean this in a positive light, but someone that has only been watching for 12 months will be loving what's happening now, because you've got nothing else to compare it to. It's just a bunch of dudes in their underwear hitting each other, and for some reason that's fun. But with a guy with your experience and your kind of viewing patterns, what do you want to see them doing? Because I, I, I guess the reason I'm asking this, and you may not have an answer, I think actually it's quite a tough one to answer. But on social media, especially, you know, this is crap, not you, but the general population. This is crap, that's crap, push this guy, blah. But there's never, a, there's never an actual plan of what they would want to see. And I don't necessarily think that I have one either, although I'm a bit more forgiving, I think, of, of the current stuff. But yeah, what, what do you think is missing? Like, what, what do you think that, you know, over the next six to 12 months, WWE needs to do in order to sort of increase ratings and cement these massive TV deals they've got coming up? For me, what always what I always liked as a kid is when the championships had gravitas to them, when yeah. they had prestige to them. Um, and that was something that always kind of drew my attention. And also when they would, uh, I like the fact that it used to be, you know, obviously rose-tinted glasses, right? But I used to remember that there used to be overarching stories that would take place. Gosh, what the Sting Hogan Crow thing took what a year and a half? Oh yeah, to work absolutely. itself out, right? And but there were the mid card stuff was always continually going on. I, I, I don't know, man. I just uh, I don't really have an issue with what's going on. I just wish, like what I said, the titles that for me is a really big a really big kind of thorn in my side when I like you can just you can talk about I mean I know that you talk about Samoa Joe all the time and how the US <laughs> title has kind of been dumped on and I agree right but when I look at you, you want a prime example of what what they had the opportunity to do is you look at the women's tag, tag team titles right this new belt that comes out that nobody's ever had before you had a chance to really kind of cement it as something that was very very important and I thought that's what they were going to do at first when they talked about Sasha and Bailey defending it on SmackDown, on Raw, on NXT, on pay-per-views all the time. And I think they did what? They had one SmackDown match where they lost to the Iconics, and then they had two pay-per-view matches and lost it, and now the belt is the belts are just kind of meh. They're kind of there. It's And it's not that I don't like the Iconics, because I, I, I'm kind of like you in that – they're growing on me because they're like this really slimy, cheating, kind of cowardly throwback of a tag team, right? Like the guys that used to rig the thing and then run away. They do a really, really good job of pretending to have all this like power and then just kind of being cowards and running away. I think they do a terrific job, but I was hoping that, gosh, that I was hoping Sasha and Bailey would have those things for a year, Right. And then if, when they finally did lose the titles after defending them, Lord knows how long, there's a real sense of prestige with them. And then if you gave them to a team that kind of snaked them out of the way, you've got all sorts of storylines with that. Right. That you took it and you're dishonoring what it is. And that kind of uh, that's that's one of the main things when I look at. Well, you can't you don't have to look any farther than the universal title. Right. I mean, yeah, you, you work out the amount of days it's been on Raw to compare. It hasn't been on Raw. And, you know, the stats are quite interesting. Yeah, because when I came back, Brock Lesnar was the champion, and I saw Roman Reigns win it, and then he had to step away, and then they gave it back to Brock Lesnar, and I never saw it again. It's like, I've been back watching wrestling for like a year, and I think I saw it on 
Raw four times, maybe? Maybe. That's one thing I wish that they'd work on. I wish it would be a there would be a goal for everybody to shoot for again. I, I think you're right. I mean, I th- the big thing for me when it comes to titles is we've lost the idea of what it means. Not, not what it means to be a champion. That's too much. But I remember when someone got a belt, like you just said, when I was a kid, that was that was like it was a really really big deal. It just doesn't feel like a big deal anymore. And that's just because you know the focus. Well, I think the big focus has gone across the WWE as opposed to building in. I mean, I'm sound like a you know, Reddit thread, but it's true. As opposed to individual stars. The, the attraction is WWE, and the problem there is when WWE rolls into town, there's less buzz to buy a ticket than if you're going to see Seth Rollins or Roman Reigns or whoever, you know, whoever's going to be on the card. So that's something that I would try and change. I would, you know, I, I get it. The, the worry is, well, if we do build Seth Rollins up, let's say we go all, all in with Seth Rollins. Not the best example, really. But if we do go all in with Seth Rollins and then he leaves like Batista did, like Brock Lesnar did, like The Rock did, I guess Steve Austin to a lesser extent, then we're, you know, what do we do then? We, you know, we got our backs against the wall. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's a ch- the chance you got to take, though, because you, you want to have these personalities. And like, especially now, considering the wrestling and like the promos that these people can do is just amazing, right? That it, the work has never been better, ever. So I think you should take advantage of that, really. I think you should be when 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 I'm watching anybody in the ring, especially when it comes to the the like the male the men. It is so fluid and it is so powerful because these guys are so athletic, just remarkably gifted, right? I think you take advantage of that. You make somebody. I I, I kind of I don't necessarily. I'm not a huge fan of uh, the Lars Sullivan how they booked him right now, but I I think. The fact that he's gone through what he's gone through is pretty remarkable for a person, especially to come back. I think that's pretty awesome. So I wouldn't mind. Have him destroy everybody. Have him destroy everybody, walk right up to Kofi and have that, you know, make it a really big deal. I don't think there's anything wrong with making stars no, at dude, all. I, so. I, I, I know, like, sometimes it's a shame about, because my big thing was, I like that, you know, Robert Rude, as he's now called, hopefully is going to get the chance at a single run. It's just a shame that Ricochet had to be the first person in his wake, and hopefully they don't just have a fifty-fifty booking thing. But like, you know, but you know, look, if your choice is you want to do Robert Roode and you want to push him to the moon, then you you've got to have him beat reputable people. And it's the same with Lars Sullivan. I totally agree. If you want to get someone to the top of the card and do it quick and make it so it feels realistic and people can buy in and get pissed off or cheer, whatever the the relevant reaction should be, they've got to go on a tear. Like you know, it's it's like you know why do you know the best kind of sports teams are the ones that are really really good, you know? Because and you think oh well, how are they going to win again this week? And they're not going to win. Again? It's going to be an upset, and you don't really get that in WWE because it's all over the place. One thing I should have asked you, especially given that you're you know your ties to WCW, talk to me about AEW man because obviously they're in a position where you know it's all it's all speculation and hyperbole, but they are in a position where you know for the first time in a long time we have a company a company that could potentially challenge. Uh, what WWE has done, I mean, do, you know, did, are you excited? Because I know some people don't want to get their hopes up and some people are just downright against it. I don't really know why to me, again, creativity, competition, bring it. But I'm just intrigued on your thoughts, dude, because like I say, it really does seem to divide opinion, which surprises me. I thought every wrestling fan would just be excited about it. Yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a holding pattern for it because I think it, it could be really, really good. But what I also acknowledge is it's going to take a long time Right, it would have been cool if when they started it, when Cody and the Young Bucks and like, is it Sadiq Khan? Is his, it's his son? Is that right? That's in charge of it. But it's going to take months and months and months for them to get things going. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, I've heard that there's a TV deal, and I think they sound like they're doing the right things. It made me a little nervous the other day when there was that report when uh, Cody said that only about five percent of the people involved were going to be ex WWE, and that was a little bit confusing to me because it seems like you just want to take the best players out there. Right, build the best team that you can. Yeah. Regardless of where they come from, which is kind of what the whole point of AEW is, I feel like. But what I'll I'll tell you one thing is if I'll watch it when it comes out, for sure. It'll have my attention. I think you had a little bit of backlash in the beginning because every single wrestling site, that's all they talked about. Was AEW, 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 this rumor, this rumor, this rumor. So I think people were excited and then they kind of got overloaded with it. So I think at once the TV deal is announced and once things are a little more concrete, you'll see some genuine excitement. I'll yeah. watch it. I think it'll be. I think I think it has the potential to. And like I said before, competition is always always a plus. 
maybe not for the company, but for the industry as a whole, it's always awesome. Uh, that, that, that's, why, that's why I don't really get what well, we were talking about, negativity and positivity before we begun. I, I just don't get why you crap all over it. Like, it, Even if it does die in, let's say it dies in six months, I... Well, it's fun to get excited about it for a while. So I don't know why you. I don't know why you wouldn't do it. Uh, yeah, it, it's very, very strange. Uh, one, uh, we'll get into a few news items here because uh, I didn't get to talk about them earlier in the week. The biggest of which is this crazy ongoing back and forth between, we'll call them dirt sheets. I don't like that term, but people know what they are. Wrestling news sites that have credibility, I guess. Going out there and trying to, you know, say that. There's some kind of backstage problem with Leo Rush that he's too big for his boots. And I think it was, I, I won't name the source because I can't remember. You have to forgive me. It is out there. I'll try and find it as we go. But, you know, a, a, a wrestling website that I do know breaks, you know, proper new stories saying that, you know, if they see him back on the main roster soon, they'll be surprised. Now, that shocks me because I don't know what, obviously, Leo Rush is doing backstage. But I like Leo Rush. Like, you know, in in terms of, what he was put out there to do, I, I thought he was really good. I thought he enhanced Bobby Lashley. I enjoyed them together. And it's kind of difficult. I guess this, this is why I want to talk about this story in particular. Because you always hear wrestlers saying, oh, if you want to get to the if you want to get to the top, you've got to make sure that you do walk the walk and you do have an ego and you do talk about yourself backstage. And then you need to go out there and apply that to the you know, the, the sort of TV audience. And yet when people do do that, they get, oh, you've got a bad attitude. We don't want you around. And maybe they get in the doghouse. Just give me, again, dude, just your thoughts would be, I'm just intrigued by it. Yeah, I think you make a really good point. And that, to me, is almost kind of intertwined with what's going on with Sasha Banks right now, right? Like, we talk about wrestlers all the time what needed to take agency back and to, to voice their opinion about things and to, to, to tell WWE that they're not being booked correctly. But then something like that happens and everybody's saying, oh, well, you should just be grateful for what you have and that kind of stuff. I'm like, it, it, it's got to work both ways, right? Well, I, mean, I think so. I mean, I think in a world where, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I don't know what the backstage atmosphere was like 10 years ago and I don't know what it's like now. But the general consensus when you hear wrestlers in interviews is, for me as a human being, it sounds much more, we'll go with the word palatable to my tastes than it would have been back when there was a lot of, tomfoolery <laughs> these are the words that i'll pick out of the of this guy it sounds like a lot more corporate locker room these days and i personally think that's important because it well as, as we've seen drug use goes down and deaths have gone down and it just feels like a much more respectful and nice place that if you are of the you know if you are of a certain dis I, I never like this idea oh you're not of a certain disposition you can't be a wrestler bullshit like let's say that you do have a, a you're, you're you're prone to anxiety or, or or nervousness that means you shouldn't be a pro wrestler no it means you just got to deal with it in your own way and if people are sort of jumping down your throat because of that i, I never got into it nowadays i don't think it is the case i think it's a very supportive and very nice locker room but now there's this kind of other effect where, you know, if you do try and sing your own praises or hype yourself up, I guess, you know, it, it, it's difficult because if you upset that mood, people people don't like it. And that, that's, I think that's the, the, the problem I have with this story is that I don't know, uh, you know, I, I don't know what he's been doing. Again, I've, I found the stories. The stories were, uh, and this is from Fightful.com. I don't think they mentioned him about being on the main roster, but they had the stories. And apparently he brings his wife backstage a lot. I don't really have an opinion on that. But apparently at one point, Finn Balor said to him, you know, Vince Man wouldn't take kindly to his wife sitting in on rehearsals. And again, all allegedly, all rumors, Rush uh, didn't like that and responded unfavorably. And there was another one where, oh, I'll just read it. Uh, Rush had told members of the WWE roster last year that he hoped to land a reality show with his with his wife. Again, why that would annoy anyone, I don't know. But apparently, apparently it did. It just, I don't know, it's just... I guess it comes back to this old adage of if you do something backstage that we're not meant to know about and we do, and then you all of a sudden disappear from no, you know, with no rhyme or reasons because you just get you get written out as, as punishment. I think it's that line to me as who are we punishing here? Is there, is there not a way to punish Leo Rush for behaving that way without it impacting, you know, impacting the television product? Because, you know, going back to what we touched upon earlier, continuity to me is my big thing. If someone gave me a magic wand and said change it, it'd be, I'd be torn between that and sort of, you know, allowing people to become stars again. But I, I don't like the fact that if you're a fan of Leo Rush and you don't read all of this stuff, one day he's just going to vanish from television and you don't know. That just seems counterproductive and counterintuitive to you trying to create a television show that has recurring characters that people may like or not like. Yeah, I think that, uh, like, 
extra knowledge is always cool, but it shouldn't affect the the base product. And I think I think you're right. If you just kind of vanish, that'd just be weird. I mean, WWE kind of does that stuff all the time, right? Like, what did they do last week? Okay, so the War Raiders, right, came from NXT, and they called them the Viking Experience. And I was like, okay, I, I don't think that's the best. I didn't hate it as much as everybody else did. No, I thought it was crazy, man. Because I thought I was like, well... It, it's wrestling, so I'm, I'm not going to take it too serious. But then the next 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 week, they had a different name, and nobody seemed to acknowledge that. And I, I was like, you can you can just you can just tell me that the name's changed and explain to me why it's done, or with the whole thing, you know, back and forth on Raw. Although they did that better with the Superstar Shakeup, right? When because they moved Andrade to Raw, and then they moved him back, but they kind of explained why. So that that's why I was okay. I feel like that's a good example of what you can do to kind of keep storylines making sense. As, as yeah. no, yeah, no, I agree, man. Like it's 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 the the the, the Viking whatever the hell they were called Viking Experience Raiders. I haven't got a clue. Apparently, they've changed their name again. But who cares? That I I, I you know I didn't like it because I thought it was a bad name. But I did. I never get that mad about pro wrestling because it's just pro. It's just a name. You know, we got over the big show. We get over Viking Viking Raiders or Viking Experience. But yeah, it, it, it's the fallout from it. They could never say to us, oh, this is what, oh, they wanted to change their name. You can do that. Like, I, I, I imagine you're watching MMA, which is the closest we can we can get. You know, if, uh, I don't know, we'll go with Conor McGregor. Everyone knows Conor McGregor. If Conor McGregor comes out and says, I don't want to be the notorious Conor McGregor anymore. I want to be the show stealer. Terrible, terrible one. I'm going to be like, okay, that's fine. I'm not going to get mad at you for that. Thanks for telling me. I'll now deal with that ever. I don't see why we can't do that. Why can't Michael Cole say to us, oh, they want to be called this now as opposed to just pretending that we don't know that's what always gets me it's like that's when i kind of think you lose the not the respect of the fans but you do rile the fans up a little bit because every you know you've just been disingenuous and i think maybe that's something that wwe lacks all all together i mean I, i do actually think they're doing better when it comes to listening to fans again they changed that name we're getting seth rollins versus aj styles at the first pay per view since the, the the brand split a lot of people wanted that all the baby faces won at wrestlemania there's a lot of fan service things here but i still think getting back to that point where the product feels honest and transparent and just telling fans what they already know as opposed to try and pull the wool over their eyes when there's no need. I get it's resting and it's all pulling the wool over their eyes. These are the kind of things that I'd, I'd like to see. And as WrestleMania has come up, dude, let me know what you thought about that as well because everybody seems... Now the dust has settled, and I guess people have had time to think about it, everybody seems to have a different opinion. Yeah, I was watching... Uh, I think it was... People... The, what surprises me is that everybody is kind of cynical about it now, saying, oh, well, they just did that because now they want the next WrestleMania to suck. I'm like... What? What? Maybe it was just. I'll tell you one thing. It was a little bit too long, and I and I was sitting in my living room watching it, and I could pause it and do what I needed to do. I don't know how you guys did seven and a half hours of sitting down. I, I seriously, like, it, it, the prime example for me is like when I watched the Kofi Kings, Kofi Daniel Bryan match. I was on the edge of my seat. I was jumping up. I was so excited. They had three or four really good near falls in that match. But and then when it got to Becky Lynch, who I just love right now, I was excited, but it w- it wasn't the same, right? Because you're saying I've been here for I've been doing this for seven and a half hours. I don't have the same amount of fuel left. But I really, really liked WrestleMania. Aside from the like we talked about earlier, aside from the women's tags titles, I think that was a mistake. I think that was a mistake. But that's again because I think they should have, titles should have gravitas. They should have prestige. They should be shiny. <laughs> and I think they they, they, they missed a, they missed an opportunity for that. I think I think with Becky Lynch, what they're doing right now, maybe if like, can you imagine if she defends both belts on like two or three pay per views in a row, or something like that? I think it could be it could really really add this air of I think it would kickstart her character again a little bit because it's been a little a little bit kind of not necessarily I, I don't know floundering isn't the word I want, but it it kind of tells you what I what I mean. It's been stagnant a little bit. And I feel like if you give it some pop again, you can do that. So I, I was you know, well, I was going to say, the, the only thing I was disappointed, like it doesn't tie into with WrestleMania really, but last week, I mean, I was super excited when it was Bailey and Charlotte because I thought Bailey was going to win, right? I was, I, not that I, I think Charlotte Flair is a freak athlete. She might be the best women's wrestler. She might be the best wrestler, period, right? She is so amazing what she does, but I've seen her and Becky Lynch for the last almost year, right? And it 
and it's been like these weird kind of cut up programs. It hasn't been like one continuous deal. I was I was really hoping that they'd kind of throw some new blood at the at the women's title. But we'll see. We'll see what they do. I agree with you about Becky Lynch. I can't explain it either. Uh, it, 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 it's something. Again, you know, characters can't be hot all the time. There's ups and downs. I know it's a cliche coming from me, but it's true. But I also, I also do think that they've. I honestly, someone said this to me on. I think it was on the other podcast I do live on YouTube, and someone said it in the comments. I'm sorry, I can't remember your name. They said to me, it was a really interesting question. I kind of had this epiphany moment. They were like, "Why does Becky Lynch sound like she's now trying to be Conor McGregor?" I was like, she does sound like she's trying to be Conor McGregor. And I've, I've got no problem with that. But again, it goes back to this disingenuous thing I was talking about. I think that's why I soured on Becky Lynch a little bit. Not massively. I still want her to win. and I still want her to go on this tear. But it, it did make me think there's just something not quite... Uh, yeah, it, it wasn't as real as it was. You know, the whole man thing seemed to, seemed to have... Yeah, just, just gone in, in another direction. You can easily get that back. It takes, you know, it takes 30, 30 seconds to... To come out and cut a promo, but yeah, like I, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen to Becky Lynch at Money in the Bank. To me, having two matches back to back spells doom, in some sense. I mean, I can see her beating Lacey Evans and Charlotte, and then somebody cashing in. I can see her beating Lacey Evans and Charlotte beating her, and then the two get separated to WrestleMania 36. There's options we can go. I just don't know what the best one is. I don't think the, the best, the worst thing you could do right now is piss off the fans. I think right now you kind of need to tread carefully. And I mean, you, no, don't get me wrong. You can piss off the fans, but piss them off in a way that they want to come back, you know, to see someone get their canuppance and so to speak. Don't piss them off because you just did something that pisses them off. That's what I mean. Yeah, I think that uh, Becky Lynch's allure, at least in the beginning, was kind of her just like workmanlike attitude, right? She came in, she did her best, she worked as hard as she could. And then like when uh, a good example, what I can remember, what, what you were talking about, kind of about this di weird disingenuousness, right, is was it the week after was SummerSlam is when she actually popped Charlotte, right? That's when she kind of switched to the man, right? And the next day when she came out on Raw, or no, or SmackDown, two days later, talking about how the fans had never been behind her or whatever like that, I was just, I was like, WWE was stuck in the formula because she, she said that and then everybody kind of went, oh, I didn't hear that, I don't know what you're talking about. And we just ignored it because we realized what was going on. And I feel like with her and then Kofi's another example, you caught lightning in a bottle, just let them keep being who they are, right? You don't have to... Make them these larger than life type, you know, like you're saying, like Conor McGregor. You can just be the who who she was, the man, because that's what everybody digs, right? Oh, I mean, that, 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 you know, it seems so simple. If that's what people like, just give it to them. <laughs> like, you know, it just don't don't overthink it. That's the key. Don't overthink it. And uh, I, I do think they they have a tendency to do that. Again, I just want to stress, I still really like Becky Lynch. I think she's. You know, she's she's enjoyable, and I, I want to see her, her reign continue. And I, I also, as it's a, it's a natural segue, I don't really understand all the hate towards Charlotte Flair. I mean, I think some people have forgotten that Charlotte Flair is playing a character on television. You know, she doesn't actually get all these opportunities because she has the inside track on the McMahons. She gets given a script every week where people say, yeah, this is what we want you to do. I don't understand. There's a lot of hate on Charlotte. I don't really get it. And she is, like I said, she is just remarkable to watch. It is amazing to see. I, I, uh, what I was saying earlier about how I'm a really big fan of the women's division, part of the reason is because from top to bottom, it's pretty awesome. But there's a certain amount of – I was listening to a Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast, and he put it really well. He says when the women are wrestling, there's a level of kind of natural brutality to it where it looks more real. Right where it, it looks like an actual fight in a lot of ways, and I think that's because it's just the size differential thing, right? Like right now, the men's division is crazy because everybody's in such like you look at a physical freak like Lars Sullivan or Drew McIntyre is who I look at and go, that guy is ridiculous. He is so strong, so powerful. He can throw around people however he wants, so it looks real crisp and fluid. And that's not necessarily the way it is with the women's division. It's more raw, and I really, really like that. And seeing Char – I mean, when you see Charlotte, when she – what? When she does her, like, moonsault off the top or when she it, – it's just – to me, it's remarkable to watch. It is absolutely insane. It has a level of genuineness to it that I really, really like. But I don't uh, – I, no, I don't understand. I mean, she's playing the corporate heel, right? The one who gets handed everything. Exactly, not, which we've seen for ages. Works, yeah. right? yeah. no, nobody was hating on Ric Flair, right, before, so – 
I don't, I don't uh, no, I don't understand. I don't understand. When it comes when it comes to the women's division, I can understand that people want to see more faces out there because, like I said, top to bottom, it is pretty amazing. When you have people on the bottom that kind of get jobbed out all the time, like what? Who, who's your, who's the bottom? You'd probably be saying right now, maybe the Riot Squad, right? I mean, yeah, they, 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 they don't really do anything, yeah. But whenever you watch any of those three women wrestle, it's usually pretty, pretty good. It's pretty fun. That uh, I don't think I've ever seen somebody take a bump through a table like I saw Liv Morgan in that table ladders and chairs match with Ruby Riot when she was it was Natalia and Ruby Riot when she went through. Just they're such good workers all the way through. So I no I don't. It's kind of it goes back to what we were talking about beforehand, right? Why would you take away things that people love, right? And this is it's just fun to watch. Man, all the way through. I don't. I don't understand why people hate on it. Hate it. Hate on any of it. No, well, I think that's how they get, they get their kicks. I tell you, Lance Storm had a really good um, sort of summary of the women's division in WWE at the moment because he basically said, like, you know, what he doesn't like about the women's division is when they try and do all these spot, you know, the, the, the spot stuff like the men do in WWE that he doesn't particularly like. You know, he says actually the reason he liked Bailey and um, Charlotte from SmackDown the other day was because. You know, it felt more like an old school wrestling match as opposed to a spot match. And again, both he he was he wasn't ragging on either. But he said the reason that that stood out to him is not because it was women wrestling, but it was women wrestling who put on a really good match. But also, it just felt like a a quintessential wrestling match as opposed to suicide dive here and you know flip over there. And I agree. And I, I think you know Charlotte and Bailey especially felt like a fight, and that really made me realize how much I missed that. Like we forget that you buy into wrestling matches when for that split second you can pretend that they're actually fighting. And sometimes, you know, when, when there is too much of the other, we'll call it flashy stuff, you do, you do lose sight of that. And I think WWE's gone too far the other way. I absolutely think we could kind of, yeah, can I say, just balance it out a little bit. Yeah, no, you're 100% right. It's just, it's more, like there are times, there are times when the spot fests are just fun to watch. Anything with Ricochet and Aleister Black was just, it was just really, really entertaining. Um, I'm not a huge NXT fan, but I did see who was the one when they did the flip off the ropes and they super kicked him in the face. Do you know what I'm talking about? Remind me, Matt, I guess, again? I I think it was Ricochet against, I don't remember, somebody went to do kind of a flip off the ropes, like the Aleister back backflip thing. They landed on the ropes, did a backflip, and then he just super kicked him in the face. I I can't remember that, man. I can't remember. Ah, I, I wish I, I, I like I want to look it up on the internet. That's how good it was. But I mean, spot fests are a lot of fun. But I, I'm I'm kind of with you. It's good to see some old school like what we talked about before storytelling. Right, you're actually telling a story as it goes on, and stories aren't all crisp and clean always. There's it's there's a level of humanity to it that absolutely that I, just, I really dug. Yeah, just have a fight. Have a fight. Like I don't believe you're fighting. I don't care what else you do. You know, it's the same with kind of the UFC when it's good. It's like, I, I, you don't have to show me technical prowess. Just give me shit out of each other. I'm like, yeah, man, that's what I want to see. Uh, this one, mate, uh, this is another new bit I wanted to talk about again, all just coming out today. Uh, apparently, WWE is now also going to reschedule the NXT TakeOver event in June due to the Saudi Arabia show. I don't want to get into that. Obviously, they've moved Backlash. Now they're going to move TakeOver, which is supposed to be June 8th, but the Saudi Arabia show is going to be June 7th. They're obviously, I mean, I, I like it in a certain sense because it means they're not trying to push pay-per-views together too soon. And as we know, last year, that was a huge problem that got too much. But dude, obviously, I know the fallout over here in England. And I, I, I kind of know the fallout over there in America too because I've spoken to people. And obviously, there is no, there's no, you know, social media makes the world, we, we all live on the same plane pretty much. But more, more of a personal point of view because now, obviously, the, the, you know, people have unsubscribed to the network and view ratings are down. Apparently, there is some... Uh, there is some research and evidence out there to suggest that after the Saudi show last year, you know, a fair percentage of people went, you know what, I'm done with this because it is immoral. Uh, again, I just want to point out that if you didn't do that, I don't hold that against you. It's still entertainment. I think you should be, always be allowed to separate your politics from entertainment. You can be pissed off that they mix the two, but if you want to carry on, what well, I think you can still watch WWE and understand that was morally horrendous. I completely get that. I understand it from both sides. What was your take on it, man? The Saudi Arabia stuff. Obviously, they're going back in June. I understand that it makes them a lot of money, but again, that comes down to a whole other argument. Yeah, okay. Like, just to give you some background, I live in uh, Cheyenne, Wyoming. I'm not sure if you know where that is. Uh, a lot of people in, in the U.S. wouldn't know where my state is, right? But I live in an extremely conservative, really rural, small or or small population state. Just to give you a, just a, a breakdown, you, you're in London, right? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. London has what, like 8 million people-ish in that neighborhood? I think it's around something like that, yeah. 
Okay, my state, Wyoming, has 600,000 people. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. And I want to say London is what? London's maybe five, 600 square miles in that neighborhood. Wyoming is 10,000 square miles. So basically we have one like eighth of the or one twelfth, thirteenth of the population that you guys do in 150 times the space. So we tend to be pretty – we're not very – there's not a ton of people around, so it's not always connected, and it's really rural. But the reason I was saying that is because even living in Wyoming, where it's so sparsely populated, you wouldn't think you'd run into um, – and then it's super conservative, right? So we're usually uh, – at least the people in general, like I want to say like 82% of people in Wyoming voted for Trump or whatever it is. So they're usually really supportive of the, his kind of conservative stuff and towards Saudi Arabia, how he's kind of made overtures and been really accommodating. Even people in Wyoming, I was talking to, were canceling their subscriptions. Wow, man. Crazy. Crazy. So there, it was a level of uh, where I didn't cancel my subscription, but I did feel really, really slimy. I felt, I mean, it's, it's right. I understand you're saying it could be, a, I mean, what, at Crown Jewel, Renee Young was there, right? But I, but we, but we were talking about being disingenuous. All of a sudden, they're like the international experience or whatever. I'm like, you guys are pretending that it's not happening in Saudi Arabia. Oh it's yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Right. So, yeah, I think that uh, especially with all the controversy going around about the Khashoggi stuff, I was not a big fan. I'll tell you what, I was a really big fan of uh, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. Oh, me too, dude. For that, saying, hey. Taking that stand's amazing. Yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. Um, so I was I was really disappointed. I, I didn't even know there was a show coming up in June. So that makes me think that – you said it was in June, right, in Saudi Arabia? Yeah, I think the, 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 the rumored date at the moment is June the 7th. Uh, takeover was meant to be June 8th, and there was meant to be a backlash paper around there as well, but that has been moved to whenever. Okay, yeah, because that to me that seems like usually we're finding out about pay-per-views months and months in advance, right? And now everybody's just like, oh, let's not talk about it. I mean, it's a 10-year deal. Maybe they can't get out of it, but I'm I'm pretty it, – it, I, don't, I don't like it. I'm very, very – like I said, it just feels slimy. It feels slimy. No, I did. I, I'm the same. Like I say – I, I I am morally against it, but yeah, I, I know some people were like, oh, if you didn't cancel your network subscription, you're a terrible person. I don't, each, each to their own is what I say. You, you, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. I guess my point with this one is obviously last year, it created a backlash among fans, which affected it. And I understand they're making a lot of money. That's the counterpoint. But you know how important is money long-term when you're already making so much money elsewhere? But obviously now, the Saudi Arabia shows are of such importance to WWE they will shift around the rest of their pay-per-view calendar. Do you think that is going to have a detriment? Because right now, the way I see it, it kind of is second to only WrestleMania. You know, the, you know, if, if you love, I mean, would they? I, I don't know if they'd move SummerSlam or Survivor Series to the Royal Rumble, but maybe that's why they put it in the middle of the year because they think, well, we're so far out from our shows we deem important. But I think it's incredible that for one show in Saudi Arabia, and the two we have seen have been glorified house shows, to actually move two of your events that you already had planned, that being Backlash and NXT. To me, it's just a worrying trend. It's a worrying trend, and I don't necessarily think it's one that's going to benefit. It's, it's so strange to me because I know that the people at the top of WWE are smart, right? But I feel like it's just a, like they've got this weird type of close in vision that they can't see the forest through the trees. Because I understand you just signed all this money with, you know, these big contract with Fox. You're really excited about it. But th that big contract was based on viewership, right? Oh, yeah. And eventually, absolutely. if your viewership is gone and you alienate enough people, sure, you got the next four, five, six years planned out or whatever it is. But now what? What happens then? It's just really – it's kind of surprising to me. So um, – and it's a bummer. It's a bummer because it's – ah, it's I, – I agree. Like watching those – they weren't very – I mean they, Crown Jewel wasn't bad, but it had so much hanging over it that – I mean how many internet places refuse to cover it? That's some pretty bad publicity, right? These are guys that all they do is watch wrestling for their job, and they were like, well, I don't want to touch that. So – no, I'm, I'm with you. I think a worrying trend is a good way to put it because it seems to me that like money has become the only really thing that matters. And that's, and that's it, dude. And five years down the line, if you run off all your fans, you're not going to be able to charge that same money. And, you know, 
<laughs> uh, also, uh, Los Angeles apparently is going to be hosting WrestleMania 37 in 2021. So that would be Florida next year. And yeah, in 2021, Los Angeles. I know that annoys some people because they think that WWE is just going to the same places. I mean, they are, to be honest. It's become a bit like a, a, a traveling tourist attraction. And they're going to areas that they know people will want to come and visit. That's the truth. It doesn't really bother me. I live in the UK and we only had one pay-per-view and it never came back. So, you know, I don't have to overly think about where it's going to be in America. To me, it's travel regardless. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think in, in a lot of ways it's kind of like, oh, I don't know. The Super Bowl is the same kind of thing. I mean, they go between the first four. They went to MetLife Stadium for the Giants that one year and then haven't been back. And it's usually about four or five warm weather cities that they go to are dome cities. So yeah, I mean, what do you do, right? What do you do? That's the, that, that's what makes them the most money. That's why they do seven-hour WrestleManias too. In case people are wondering, in their financials, they announce something like three hundred million hours of watch time, whatever it was. That's why they do it because that sounds great. It's a great stat, three hundred. But you know, and the, and the reason they did that is because people like you and I watched all of WrestleMania. That 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 tots up the watch time. We're all just uh, we're all just sheep being led led to the slaughter. Um, so go on, man. Yeah, no, I thought, uh, like what you're saying, if, if numbers are all that matters, that's fine to them, but eventually it eventually it wears out. I mean, you can look at WCW as a prime example for what happens when you don't, when it becomes, when you're not giving the fans what they want, right? That's why WCW failed. It wasn't because of lack of talent. I mean, they were stacked right there. What it was is the storylines were boring, the ideas were stale, and at the end of every single show, you had the heels sitting up there, you know, having trashed the the faces. People don't want to see that, right? And that's kind of but what you're doing right now with this all this stuff in Saudi Arabia is there's a real real world implication to it that wasn't there before, right? I mean, we could say that you were I could say that when I was watching that the freaking outsiders were bad guys or whatever, but now you're in a point where WC or not WC, but WWE might actually be being bad guys at the corporate level. And that's, that's just really unfortunate because it's, it's a pastime that I've loved since I was a kid, man. Yeah, me too, dude. And that, that, that's always the way that I'll watch it. You know, as, as fascinating as I am with TV ratings, because I'm a stat guy and I love seeing the percentages and, and how they shift. I don't really care. I don't really care. You know, I want them to do well because I know it's better for, for them and their wrestlers and their creativity. But I don't really care what they do. It makes what difference either I like the show or I didn't like the show. If somebody else didn't want to watch it, that doesn't affect my, my fandom of it at all. Um, obviously, as a kid, I didn't know what the ratings were. And that's when the ratings were great. So that, I always try and keep it, it, that in the back of the mind, even when I'm trying, trying to be critical. Uh, just as we are about to, to get to the hour mark, which is when I always like to obviously, as people know, we try and keep these for around about an hour. Dude, as a guy that has clearly seen a lot, especially the worst of the worst in WCW, two words, man, Bray Wyatt. Are we in? Are we out? Uh, obviously, is, we're going to find out part two. And this will go up on Monday. So part two this evening, dude. Part two this evening, we'll find out. I want it to work so bad. I want it to work so bad because I feel like he he legitimately seems like just a charismatic dude that can do whatever he wants to do. Like it was there was such a real creepy vibe with that first one, that Firefly Funhouse or whatever. I really want it to work. I, I'm I'm in just because I want it to work so much. Uh, I mean, he he's 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 so much fun to watch when it's working. Uh, I mean, his problem was they never let him win. Right, you can't have this eater of worlds that constantly gets his ass kicked. That's, I mean, what if Thanos had shown up in Infinity War and they <laughs> bought, they bought the floor with him? You're like, okay. So yeah, I'm. He to me, Bray Wyatt is just kind of a. He reminds me a lot of Kevin Owens, and I love watching Kevin Owens. Every single second he's on, is is just fun to watch. So I am very very hopeful. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. The, the I was totally confused when I saw the. The first one, so I thought, okay, you've got me intrigued. I'll turn in next week. I was bummed that they showed the exact same thing the next night on SmackDown. Though. Me too, man. I don't know why it sullied it. I can't work out why, but it was something to me. I was like, this. I, I don't. I, I think. I, I think I wanted to wait longer, and I, I felt like I wanted to know. Well, if you wanted to see that, you should have watched Raw. I don't know what it is. It makes no sense because it didn't affect anything. But I just had this overwhelming sensation when they done it. That was a mistake, and I don't really know why. Because who cares? But I did care. I don't understand why I felt that way. But I agree with you. I, I, it was just something weird about it. Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh, I think it could be. It could be really, really kind of this this weird, creepy Mister Rogers thing. It's got my attention. And that's what I hope they do. That I don't know. 
how crazy they're allowed to get being PG and all. But I'm hoping they've got enough in the tank where come week four, we can all be saying, my word, Bray Wyatt is one screwed up individual. You know, there's something there's something to it. That's all I want. I just want one person to say it. There's something to this once we've got a bit more meat on the bone. So, yeah, I mean, who would have thought that mankind was, would be a thing, right? Oh, yeah, exactly right. I mean, that. What, 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 I mean, what even is that character today? What is mankind? Tell me. Someone explain it to me. I, he, I don't know. All I know is he's got a sock and he sticks it in people's <laughs> mouths. So that's, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm totally, I, anytime they take a swing, I'd much rather have WWE take a swing at something that's kind of crazy and miss than not swing. Oh yeah. Now, yeah that's something I don't think they get enough credit for. No, that's the wrong word because they could try more things. That, that They deserve more of a, a pat on the back for trying. And I understand, yeah, that's not the way it works. But if they really are committed to something, they give it a go and it fails, I'd always much rather they did it than not, which is why I don't understand the backlash towards Lacey Evans. Oh, she's not ready for this. She's not ready for that. Okay, cool. Let her fail, which would suck, but let her fail and then think again. At least we tried to introduce somebody new to the women's division. Great. That's what it's all about. Yeah, and her match against Natalia on Raw was way better than she was in the Royal Rumble. And then that's, I mean, so she kind of reminds me of, I, rem- I remember when I started watching, I watched Carmella when she started. And it was really, they kind of hit her behind all these weird gimmicks in Eldridge, right? Um, or Ellsworth? Ellsworth. And just kind of this real slimy cheater not actually getting involved. And now you see her in the ring and she's a really, really good worker. She's not the same as Charlotte Flair or anything like that or, or Bailey or Sasha Banks, but she's got – she's gotten so much better. And your only way you're going to let somebody get better is if they get the opportunity. So I am I, – I, I was a little bit – I feel like they were, they were overhyping the women's right a little bit, but that might be because then when it clocks somebody and they get up from it, it's super, super impressive. So, but, and that's what I talked about earlier, right, about giving something gravitas and prestige. Right, when, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, amen to all of that. <laughs> amen to all of it, dude. And I think, I think maybe sometimes if we as fans had a bit more of that attitude and a bit more of that forgiving nature, then maybe it would help a little bit. I'm not saying don't be critical. Some people misconstrue me when I say that. Be critical. You're allowed to be critical. Uh, you don't have to have stepped into a ring to be critical. You don't have to be a wrestler to be critical. You're a fan. And you know what you like and you know what you don't like and you should voice your opinion. But remember, sometimes they just try something and it fails. And that sucks, yeah, but it's okay. And- Intent matters. What you were trying to do matters. If it doesn't work out, that sucks, but the reasoning behind it still matters. And that's the thing. Why did they do it? (laughs) The irony, why did they do it? Right, dude, on that that note, we've smashed through an hour. Is there anything else you wanted to throw out there? Do you want to promote anything? You don't have to, but I always like to give people a chance before we wrap up. No, but all I wanted to say is that I just appreciate what you guys, what you do. And uh, what I had said earlier is I think um, I didn't even know that the podcast was part of becoming a patron for it. I just, it kind of just happened. You sent me the private message. And I went, oh, what? Really? Okay. I guess I'll, sure. <laughs> Dude. But I think in these day and age, it's really easy to forget that uh, a lot of the content that we consume is free. So what I would recommend to, to people is if you, if you're able to financially and you've got the opportunity, support creators that are just starting because it's only going to make these industries better. It's, it makes it way more fun. Hell yeah, man. And I appreciate that. Uh, it, it, yeah, I, I think I understand it. And again, once again, going back to having a voice totally. But, you know, sometimes this podcast, I, I, something comes up or, you know, life, life is life. And you don't get up on a certain day. There'll always be one person that goes, how dare you? Not really, <laughs> not release that. But I'm like, bro, man, it costs Unsubbed. you. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it costs you nothing, dude. It costs you absolutely. And it's going up tomorrow. Like, you know, I didn't mean to do it, but you know, who knows? Maybe my boiler breaks. You have no idea. But yeah, it, it always I, makes I, me I laugh. Have, there's been times when uh, when you guys said that you were gonna ups and downs would be at seven o'clock my time, and I was like, that's that's right when I get to work. That's awesome. We're ready to go. And then it's not up. I'm like, what? What is this crap? What is this crap? It's seven o five. My boss is about to walk in. I'm not gonna be able to watch up and downs. I love it, dude. I I secretly love it. I think it's great. Although uh, thankfully ups and downs is now in a pattern. Although we did realize the other day the advert that's going out is already wrong. Because obviously we had daylight savings come in. So, oh, damn it. So I've got to get any one of them done. I'll try and get that done tomorrow. That's neither here nor there. That's just clocks being ridiculous. Hayden, my man, I love this. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for support. That was really fun. Yeah, it was, man. Anytime. 
Absolutely, dude. And again, you know, you can get me on Twitter at Simon316, on Instagram at Simon316. Uh, I had Tamatonga throwing stuff at me on Instagram the other day, which is quite funny, so you can check that out. Uh, YouTube.com forward system to report rules. I am going to try and do the podcast on Tuesday again next week, just because we did it on Tuesday this week and more people watched. And we live in that kind of business. If, if that's a better time, I'll do it. Uh, if people still want something on Wednesday, I can always do something extra. And uh, yeah, that's as simple as that. I'll let everybody go. Obviously, we'll do our usual schedule this week. Hayden, thanks again. And I will talk to you all guys out there very, very soon.